0: could not have asked for a better close to this month's theme on menopause than with this month's Candid Conversation guest, Carrie McKee. Carrie McKee, LCSW, is a psychotherapist and rites of passage guide who lives and works in the Santa Cruz Mountains of Northern California, the unceded lands of the Ama Matsun people. And I'm sure probably Pronounced that incorrectly. So, my apologies if I did. Her medicine basket of psychological tools and creativity includes EMDR, IFS, somatic psychotherapy, mindfulness meditation, non dual inquiry, cognitive behavioral therapy, otherwise known as CBT, echotherapy, depth psychology, and creating ritual. She loves helping other humans come home to the wholeness of their self and the wholeness of the living system of life. From the moment we first connected, we realized we shared a common goal. Join Carrie and I as we have a real conversation about menopause as a rites of passage and her upcoming programs to help guide women through it. See you inside the episode.
1: Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast, where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here is your host, Coach Anita Charlotte.
0: Have you grabbed your free download that provides you with 10 tips on how to date successfully as a professional woman? It's not just for single women, you know, it's also for women already in a relationship or married. So head on over to the show notes to get your copy and learn how to begin to open up your life and your calendar to make room for the love life you've always wanted. Hello there. I am so excited. So, so excited to have today's guest on the podcast, Carrie McKee. Oh my goodness. You guys have no idea. We were laughing and talking and just having a great time during our intro conversation. I really could have just hit the record button and we would have had an entire episode just from that one conversation. So it was a ton of fun. I'm so excited to have you on here today. And for those of you that do not know, you may hear hopefully the reception is great. I'm actually in Canada right now on a birthday trip with my husband. And so we're doing this on the road from my phone because the laptop wouldn't work correctly with the internet connection, but we're going to make it happen. We're going to get this conversation out there because I promise you, you are in for a treat. You are not going to want to miss this. If I were you, I would grab a pen And a piece of paper, or I would download this episode so that you can connect to it after. You can you can have it at your disposal because Carrie is going to be sharing some true gems with you today, and you want to make sure that you have them for yourself and also for the other women in your circle. So I'm going to stop talking, Carrie, and (laughs) I'm just blabbing (laughs) on and on. I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk. I promise, Carrie. Why don't you take a minute and share with our audience? who you are, what you do, why talking about menopause is a passion of yours and what the ladies can expect in our conversation
1: today. Thank you so much, Anita. I'm just, I am so delighted to be here with you. And yes, I've got a big passion for talking about menopause. So who I am is I'm a somatic psychotherapist. I live in the Santa Cruz mountains of Northern California. Um, I practice online um, psychotherapy with clients here in California. And I'm in my own perimenopausal transition. And for the last three years, I have been going through it. And all of you out there who are in your own menopausal transition, you know what I'm talking about. Um, just intense physical symptoms, hot flashes, insomnia, low libido, Vaginal dryness, mood swings, headaches, the whole bit. And it's so confusing to know how to navigate this. And as I've been in this journey, I had, you know, just became really clear to me how little support there is for us during this transition. There's a lot of information out there about symptom management. And it's confusing because you hear lots of different things. It's hard to know what to believe, what to do. It's very overwhelming. But what I became acutely aware of was that the information that was out there was just about menopause as a physical experience. And it wasn't talking about the incredible psychological and spiritual changes that we are experiencing as we go through this journey. And I became really passionate about researching this for myself and trying to find people out there who did have something to say about that. And the few books and few organizations, and I mean few, like really few worldwide that were talking about this. And it just became incredibly clear to me that there needed to be one, Um, more organizations and groups that were supporting women in a very holistic way um, through this transition. And secondly, that we need a cultural change movement to really allow us as we age to find our power and um, our wisdom as we mature into eldership and to really break the misogyny and the ageism of our culture that leaves us feeling so disempowered.
0: Yes, amen, Sister Preach. I got my hands in the air. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You have said so much. You know, you talk about um, not being able to find uh, many people or organizations that are speaking to the whole woman, right? Not just the physical part. Um, I even went, and I know for those of you listening, I've talked about this on several uh, podcasts before, um, specifically this month, because we are talking about menopause for National uh, Menopause Month, and I had even gone out to I didn't know this existed until I started doing research, but the International Menopause Society to find, you know, whatever I could find about um, the I'm thinking, okay, well, this is a menopausal society. They should definitely have something on the emotional and the spiritual aspects of menopause. But of course, they didn't. And so when you and I got connected, um, when Paul introduced us and then we had our conversation, I was like, oh, my gosh, Here is like my menopausal sister, right? I was so excited to hear um, that someone else was actually out there and was concerned about it, and was trying to find out whatever they could, um, and whatever you couldn't find, you know, be and be open to creating, right? Something that would speak to the whole woman and her journey. The I promise you, as you stated, you know, we always share. About the physical aspects, we know what's coming in terms of hot flashes and you know the vaginal dryness and all that because that's what women talk about. You know, they talk about hormone replacement therapy, they talk about bioidentical hormone replacement, they talk about all of that. But I think that because there's such a stigma around menopause and it's looked at so negatively, just like your monthly cycles, right? Like, oh my gosh, she's on her period. Oh no, ant flow is coming. That whole thing. Because of it, women are, they don't want to open themselves up to the same level of ridicule and, you know, humiliation as we experience in puberty. So we don't talk about it, yes. but we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. And we need to prepare those women who are the young girls so that they know what's coming. We need to talk about it so that those that are in menopause understand what's happening. And they have an idea of, you know, how to, I don't want to say control it, because I don't think you can, but at least manage it, right? From an emotional, spiritual, and a physical perspective. We need to do that. And we need to let each other know and talk about it so that we know we're not crazy. We are not crazy. What we are is, oh, we can talk about this virus We are fed up. We are fed up with, you know, once we get to this stage, they talk about, When they turn 40, they start, you know, stop, they stop focusing on what everyone else thinks they should do. And they start doing what they really want to do. And then once you go through menopause, you know, and I'm going to be nice here, I'm just going to use the letters. But when you start going through menopause, and you start experiencing all of these things on the inside, right, it's like a tornado going on on the inside of you. And then there are people doing stupid stuff around you, you move into a period of (laughs) and I made this post on Facebook the other day, I'm in the IDGAF movement now. That's the space that I'm in. I just don't give up. I don't care. I don't care about what you're talking about. I'm trying to figure out what's happening in my own personal ecosystem. You know, While I'm having these personal summers and sweating out my hair and can't wear certain clothes anymore, I don't have time for all of that. So I know you have been doing a lot of research and I know that you are working on something special for the women. Tell us a little bit more about that. I am so, ladies, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. Tell me a bit more about, and I believe you call it the moon passage.
1: Yes. So what is that all about? Yeah, so the Moon Passage is the project that I'm launching that it's about reclaiming menopause as initiation into wisdom. And so it is going to be a community for um, for everyone in their menopausal transition who um, will be able to come to monthly online workshops that I'll be facilitating that will include somatic resourcing and mindfulness breakout groups where women can connect with each other around prompts to talk about this wisdom perspective on their menopause and really be able to see what's happening within themselves from a new perspective. There's going to be amazing guest speakers every month talking about different perspectives from psychology, spirituality, health, mythology, sexuality, lots of other topics So there'll be the workshops, and then I'll also be facilitating and hosting Moon Passage Councils, where women can gather in a much more intimate group of 12 other women for a four-month journey together to really get support around this journey. And then by next year, I'm going to be launching an online community um, and also in-person and online Rite of Passage retreats. And um, then also curating what I call a knowledge archive. So, writings, meditations, other information by myself and other women, um, who, really speaking to how do we shift into a new narrative about our menopausal transition. That instead of the one that our culture is feeding us right now, that's about Mm -hmm. menopause is a time of loss when we lose our fertility, our youth, our desirability, our relevance, that we really get to shift the narrative into one that I'd love uh, to talk more about here with you. That's about how do we really tune in to what's Mm -hmm. happening in us at a psychological and spiritual level? That if we can know how to work that passage, we really step into our full maturity.
0: Mm. Oh, that sounds so so nurturing, right? It's like when yes. I think we we talked about before and I don't know, I can't find um the actual like a link that explains this, but just, you know, stories that have been passed down throughout the generations talk about a time uh back when women used to have um a specific spot to go, right? So in my culture, it, they talk about a hut, like a men's hut, where women would go when they would be on their cycles. And the women that had already gone through uh, menopause would be there and they would be there to take care of, to pamper, to nurture, to counsel the younger women that were coming in. And this was a time where women would, when they had their cycles, they were they were not doing housework, they were not doing taking care of the kids, they were not taking care of the husband, they were not working in the fields, they weren't doing any of that. They were going into this, this sacred space and they were being nurtured and they were able to release, you know, a lot of the uh emotions or and pain and stress from the previous month. So just imagine seven days of being able to disconnect from being responsible for everything and just have someone take care of you, listen to you, um, counsel you, you'll be refreshed, right? Then you go back the next month or you go back and for the next month, um, when you go back to your family, you, all of that negativity would have been released and then you could be fully present. So, you know, I know we, we talk a lot about, um, people not understanding the mental emotional, um, and psychological effects of menopause. Why do you think it's more, why do you think it's important for us to look at menopause as more than just a physical event? What, what would be the, the ripple effects of being able to change that narrative? And what do you think that would mean for women everywhere, Mm -hmm. young and old? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I mean, you spoke a little bit to this a little earlier that our approach in our culture to most things having to do with the body is to control them. Um, so that's kind of the narrative about symptom management that's out there right now about the physical part of menopause is how do we control these symptoms? That they're you know unwanted, that this is an unwanted transition and we have to find a way to control it. But if we really look At what our body is telling us with any kind of symptom that we're having. It's the voice of our body telling us about either something that's needed or about a change that's happening. And so as a somatic psychotherapist, and just as somebody who is, you know, really has loved creating a different relationship with my body than what our culture traditionally has, that I like listening to what's happening here. We can really feel how in our menopause, the symptoms that are coming up, can we can actually listen to them as not just, oh, I want to get rid of that symptom. It's unpleasant. But what's that hot flash telling me? What is this insomnia telling me? What is this fatigue telling me? This fatigue might be telling me, hey, slow down. You're at a breakneck pace of productivity that is not good for you. And that hot flash might be saying, hey, like you're generating all of this fire in your body as a way to be able to burn what's no longer serving you. So even the physical part, we can think about it in a really different way than sort of a control perspective. But we, you know. For all of us who are in the menopausal transition, it's almost ubiquitous that there are some very classic psychological changes that start to happen. One of them is that we often feel that we both feel an incredible amount of creativity and power coming through us, but also a real desire to slow down a little bit. There's a can be a much more contemplative perspective that comes. And we also, this is again ubiquitous for most women. There can be a lot of anger and irritability that arises during menopause, which we could see it as an unwanted symptom, but we also can see that as our whole being saying, hey, look what's out of alignment. I'm not willing to deal with this anymore, either on a personal level or on a collective level. And so there are these very potent, and that's just two examples of many, but there are these very potent psychological changes that are happening in us that if we dismiss them, we dismiss the incredible benefits those can have in our life for really bringing us into alignment with what our truth is, what our authenticity Mm -hmm. is, and for making personal and societal change that benefits everybody. And you know, again, on a spiritual level, for a lot of women, there are incredible shifts that happen at this point with, you know, a real availability to feel more connected to ourself, more connected to the earth, more connected to a sense of the sacred. And the real key for me with all of these is we're not meant to do this alone. When we think about our ancestral traditions, as you were referring to, from all around the world, the menopausal transition is not something that a woman would have been trying to wrestle with herself. She would have had the support of elders who had already been through that transition. She would have had the support of a whole community of women who would be witnessing her through that. And in whatever way that would have been experienced, it would have been done in community. And so I see there really being a powerful need for us to find our own version of that at this time and place where we can, again, be in the community of other women to talk about what are those psychological changes that we're experiencing, how do we harness the wisdom of this time, and how do we understand this as a whole being rite of passage not something that's just to be controlled or, you know, gotten rid of.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Having a, being able to experience this time in your life in a community setting, I know for me would have been, would have made things so much easier. Right. As, as I've mentioned before in previous um, episodes I suffered, like truly suffered like five years and it wasn't just the, the physical portion, right? It was the mental um, anguish, the, the depression, you know, the, who, what is happening with me, what is happening with my body, wanting, being irritable and at times not really understanding, you know, I used to, I was the turtleneck queen and then all of a sudden I couldn't wear turtlenecks anymore because of hot flashes, right? I used to be the sweater girl and all of a sudden I couldn't wear sweaters anymore because of the hot flashes. And it was just like, wait a minute, how do, how does, what is this foreign thing that is just taking over my body? You know, not sleeping. I think my, the most I would sleep at night due to the hot flashes consistently waking me up was maybe four hours. So imagine you know going trying to function in a world where you know you're a leader you're a mom you're a wife you're a business owner you're a grandmother you're a caretaker you're doing all of that on 4 hours of sleep right that is just crazy and then pe- when you finally do get to sleep then my husband's reaching over and touching me and I'm thinking are you kidding me this is the first time i've been asleep in like 2 weeks and you want to touch me right now in this moment you know it just drives you it drives you crazy and and then I think, and we talked about this before, right? If we knew, just if we just take a, if I take a step back, I'm 56 now, um, if I take a step back at least 40 years, right? 40 years ago, when I started my cycle, had that experience been different, right? Had it been, as you talk about rites of passage, so well, this is leading into my next question for you, but, if that experience had been different, if there had been a rites of passage at that time, as a young girl, to tell me, let me know what was happening, and to explain to me how important every month is, and how sacred that time is, and to take that time to spend with myself, and to you know just um, be able to release whatever emotions. You know, in high school, you know that's you think that's your world, and if if a girl doesn't talk to you or she rolls her eyes at you, oh my God, your whole world is ending. But if you had an opportunity to get rid of that stuff, you know, every month, how much different would our lives have been as women? Right? Would we have Would we have dated or or? Um, Teen pregnancy, right? When I think about this, it's like I have to get into these, I have to get into these middle schools and talk to these girls because a lot of young girls believe what these boys say because they don't have that self-confidence. They don't they have low self-esteem. What if instead we were spending time with them, we were preparing them for what's to come, we were being there for them, they had a sense of community, they knew that they could talk to us, they wouldn't be so open or so quick to run into the beds or the back of the cars, or under the bleachers, wherever these things are happening with these young girls, right? They wouldn't be so quick to do that. So you, so I'm like all about, let's do one in the beginning, but what do you, what, what do you think an actual, how do you feel the actual rites of passage for the menopausal journey? What do you think that looks like? And, and what would you, what do you feel would be the outcome of that? How would that make this journey different
1: for all of us? hmm Yeah. No, I, and all of you couldn't see this, but I was just like vigorously nodding with everything <laughs> that you were saying about that experience. Yeah. And I just want to say first, um, before I talk about rites of passage, just um, to to give some context, I mean, right now in our culture, There is just so much silence about menopause. There's just starting to be a little bit more open cultural dialogue, but it's really, it's just starting. There has just been such a just like veil of silence and shame around menopause because, you know, our culture is so ageist and it tells us that after menopause, it's kind of unknown territory, that it's just a loss. There's not a defined role for who we are after menopause, the same way as there might've been in some of our ancestral cultures where post-menopausal women would have really been viewed as matriarchs, as wisdom leaders, as someone that was incredibly respected within the group. And so a rite of passage for any point in our life, whether that's for menarche when we first start bleeding, or whether it's for motherhood or for some other event that happens in our life, or for menopause. It's something that, again, ancestral traditions from all over the world practice this, having some form of a ritual that helps guide us from one phase of our life into the next, um, because it's a way for us to really mark that there's a shift of identity happening. That, you know, we we like to think, oh, well, okay, I'm going to, you know, become something new. A perspective that I think can be helpful to look at this through is that maybe it's more about we're dying into something new. There are actually things we have to let go of from Mm -hmm. one phase of our life to be able to actually arrive in another phase that we have to really mark that transition. And that actually means grieving what we're losing. So when we go through menopause, we are letting go of a younger mm-hmm. phase of our life. We are becoming different physically. There are, you know, there's this difficult, you know, physical psychological transition that we're going through. It can feel like a spiritual crisis, and mm-hmm. um, we are letting go of what was in the past. And we really have to be able to do that effectively in order to open to what's possible, and so. You know, Any rite of passage, ceremony, or process really has three main steps to it. It's about separation, so that letting go of what came before, initiation, so really finding a way to ritualize what we're stepping into, and then the return, which is about how do we now embody that in our lives? And so how I see rites of passage for menopause is they can take a few different forms. One is it can actually be a living process that we're engaged in throughout our menopausal transition, that we're engaged in practices that help us actually grieve, let go, be able to have support with really understanding what the psychological and spiritual passages that we're in and being able to work that passage And being celebrated and embodying who we're becoming, that we're stepping into this new phase. And so that can happen as a process. And what I'm going to be offering with the Moon Passage is either weekend-long rite of passage ceremonies where you can be together with a group of other women and really be working that process together. Um, mm-hmm. And then also an online, a little bit longer, a four to six month long journey where we've got a little more extended time to really be able to explore that process of letting go, initiation, and then embodying who we're becoming.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> yes to
0: all of it. Yes to all of it. You know, you talk about, you mentioned grieving and that is such I had no idea that that's what was taking place, but it was like a slow death almost. It felt like a slow death because, you know, as, as you know, you are aware, as you begin to move into your menopausal journey, things, your body doesn't respond the way that it used to things, you know, gravity is no longer your friend, (laughs) the clothes that you used to wear, you can't wear anymore you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. This is changing. That's changing. And you just feel like, you know, the, the woman that you knew yourself to be, you're no longer that woman. And so you fight letting go of that because that that was your identity, right? That's who you were. That's no, no, this is who I am. Like me. No, I, I am the, the turtleneck queen. I can't give away these 27 turtlenecks. These are all my favorite turtlenecks. What am I going to do? And then you try to wear them and then you're sweating. And you know, then you look like you're you know, walking around looking like I smeared Vaseline on my face because I'm just perspiring everywhere. It's just crazy. The whole grieving process and not wanting to let go. No one around you understanding what's happening. When you say things like I used to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I used to be able to just not eat breakfast for two days and then my stomach would go down, right? And now, oh, it doesn't work that way anymore. No matter what I do, I can't lose the weight. People are like, oh girl, you know, you're skinny. You're smaller than me. I'm bigger than you. And, and they think that that's helping. That doesn't help you because in your mind, this is not the body that you're used to, right? This is not the body that, so now you're grieving your old body, And then for me, there was a period of time where I was grieving when, when I first, um, because I didn't move into perimenopause and my journey wasn't natural. I had a partial hysterectomy, so I got thrown into it. At the time, because of fibroids, I was like, oh, get rid of it. I don't need the baby bag. That's what I was calling, you know, my uterus. I don't need the baby bag. I'm done with it. I've had my kids to go ahead and take it. And that was like two and a half years, two and a half years after um, actually, it was longer—a little, like maybe four years after having had that uh, procedure. For some reason, all of a sudden, I just started grieving, like missing my uterus. And it's like, wait, what is happening here? I wasn't using it. Why am I? Never really thought about it, right? I never really. I was just like, oh my goodness! And when I did think about it, it was the fibroids. Oh, that's it's terrible. Or my cycle, oh my God, I have cramps. I never, I was never truly connected to my womb in a positive way. So it really shocked me when I started grieving my womb. And I and I we talked a little bit about this, and you know, we talk about the womb being our, our power center. And so then I started thinking, oh my God, I don't have a power center anymore. What am I gonna do? I've willingly allowed them to take my power center. How is that going to affect me? I went through this whole thing. And then you said something which was which you know resonated with me. And I had heard some, I had asked uh before to another person that's, that does energy work. And you both said that um just because it's not there in the physical sense doesn't mean that you know, you don't have that power center anymore. It is an energetic center. And when I started thinking about it in terms of the chakras, it's not like my chakra was removed, right? The physical um, portion, the body part was removed, but the energy center is still there. So I think that is, you know, all of these things that we don't think about. I had never thought about this before. And I've been you know, a student or a lover of metaphysics for over 20 something years. But even in my love of metaphysics, there was never really a lot of, of conversation or, or readings or things like that about the menopausal journey. And I'm like, wait, how could you not talk about this? Why aren't more people talking about this? And so I'm so, I was so glad when, when we got connected and and that I had an opportunity to have you come have you know a candid conversation about it. Another reason why I was happy to have you was because I am a coach and I'm on the my path to get my uh, PhD in metaphysical psychology, but you are a somatic psychotherapist. For those individuals that are not aware of what a somatic psychotherapist does, if you can share that with us. I know what it is, but there and I, but I didn't before someone shared it with me. So share with us what a somatic psychotherapist is, and how that your background influences what you've created with the moon passage.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, somatic psychotherapy is a very broad field, but I'll speak to how I practice it, and you know, kind of the core of that for me is really reconnecting to our bodies as a deep, deep source of wisdom. And this directly connects to everything we're talking about, you know, about menopause. And I want to give this context first that, you know, one of the reasons we have so much silence around menopause, you know, is obviously because we live in a patriarchal society, that part of that is being really, really disconnected from the body and the feminine. And so to me, somatic psychotherapy is a radical form of reclaiming the feminine. That's really what's at the root of it. Mm -hmm. And so what it actually looks like is being able to guide my clients to be able, when they're having a particular emotional experience or a particular challenge in their life, to really sense into how they're holding that in their body. We have physical sensations that go along with emotions, or we might find ourselves tightening or constricting or a particular intense sensation in our body. And when we're able to go in and listen to that, what we find is that there's an incredible amount of information in there that it provides us with a deeper level of understanding of our own psyche, of our emotions. We can find answers that come directly from our body. There can be incredibly rich imagery and incredibly rich inspiration that's held within the body. So, reconnecting with that is a deep source of wisdom. And I practice that through a number of different modalities Hakomi, um, internal family systems, EMDR, mindfulness practices, and other pieces. And another related Piece that to me feels completely intertwined with somatic psychotherapy is um, working with clients to help reconnect to the earth, to the more than human world. That that is our larger body, and really having a sense of connection to all of life really allows us to be able to come into our wholeness in a much deeper way.
0: Mm. I love the I love how you tied. I, I love how you stated that somatic psychotherapy to you was a radical reclaiming of the feminine. That's just I, I just want to put my fist in the air, I'm like girl power, right? <laughs> and it's so and, and it is it's just it's such a it's such a great place to be. And I think that like I'm here, you are here at this point in time. Because we're supposed to be right. We're supposed to be the ones to start to light the fire, to start the conversations, you know, to to ask the bigger questions, to go to go deeper, not just within ourselves, but to help our clients go deeper as well. So this is totally, totally amazing. For my own personal experience with a somatic um, experienced practitioner was because I did not realize um, that I was not. And I know this is going to sound crazy to some people, but I used to always have this feeling that I would, I wasn't from here, like I didn't belong here, right? I just felt like this was just a foreign place for me. But what I recognized was that I was so disconnected from my body that there was no other way for me to feel but like a foreigner, right? When I real when I went to see the somatic experience practitioner, it was because I was having so much stress and. So much uh pain um in my neck and shoulder area, like my head would just lock. I couldn't turn my my head to the left or to the right. I'd have to turn my entire body. And what the somatic um experience practitioner, the SEP, what she taught me was how to de- determine in the moment where the energy was was flowing or was being blocked, right? Where are you holding this? Where are you holding your trauma? Where are you? you have to really start being present in, you know, part of mindfulness is just being present in the moment. And so I was always looking and, and ignoring what I needed because I was always there for everybody else. So it caused me to have to slow down to identify, okay, wait, I feel this tensing. Why am I tensing right now? Right. What is happening in this moment that is causing me to tense up? Um, what is happening in this moment that is causing this I can feel this migraine coming on what just happened. And how can I slow this process, either stop the migraine or deal with whatever this is so that it doesn't continue to happen. So the, oh, honey, (laughs) this is just so, this is just so juicy. And I know I can talk to you forever and ever. We'll probably, you know, I would love to have you come back on, you know, during another um, episode. And we have another candid conversation because I think that it's it's important that we share this. It's important that we keep the conversation going, and I definitely want to uh, continue to share with my audience when um, where you are in your journey in terms of um, actually launching the Moon Passage or any other courses or you know offerings that you may have. So, with that, why don't we? Um, I'm going to ask you to share with our listeners where they can reach you, how they can contact you. And if there's anything that you have going on right now, any, any um, special programs or, or um, if you're taking new clients you know, just, just share with the listeners so that they know how to get in touch with you, Carrie, because you are absolutely amazing. And, I've only spoke with Carrie like twice, but trust me when I tell you this will not be the last time that I talk to her. So (laughs) you definitely want to get it on her calendar before I do. Um, So I'll have her, I'll go ahead and stop talking and let you share um, how people can reach you.
1: Thanks, Anita. Um, So the way to reach me and the project is um, to go online to themoonpassage.com. Um, where you can read a lot of wisdom writings on there, you can learn more about the perspective of this project, and find out more about the next events. Our um, next workshop is going to be in November. And so take a look at themoonpassage.com for info on that workshop. And then the next round of um, Moon Passage Councils that we'll be doing, and that's the smaller, more intimate group of women supporting each other, that'll be starting in January. And then a little bit later next year, we'll be rolling out the online community and in-person and online rite of passage retreats. So if you go to themoonpassage.com, you can sign up for our newsletter there and um, be able to get all the updates on what comes next.
0: Thank you so much. This was, I have enjoyed our conversation again. I loved our first conversation. I've enjoyed this one as well. I can tell you guys, remember I told you I'm in uh, Canada. I I left out just quickly to go to the, um, the diner next door to grab breakfast so I could come back and get set up because I could not wait to talk to Carrie again. And I know that once you go to the website and you read uh, some of the wisdom writings, which I'm about to head over there myself now, you're going to fall in love with her just like I did. And know that we are here and there's support and that you're not alone and that you're not crazy and that you can get through this. You know, I talk a lot, I mentioned before how this is like the stage where women who have been, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies will quit their jobs, right, and and sell everything, and then move to Bali and sell bikinis on a beach somewhere. Right. Well, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But we're here to help support you through it. So there's no need to run. There's no need to hide. Definitely check out Carrie's website when you have an opportunity. And if you have any questions from this particular episode, um, go ahead and head over to the contact page, anitasharlow.com forward slash contact. And um, I'll be happy to answer your questions on an upcoming episode. And if there are any questions, if you, if you, for whatever reason, can't find Carrie, um, you just circle back with me and I'll be sure to put you in touch with her. Carrie, thank you so much. I'm so excited (laughs) to have made this connection with you and I cannot wait to talk to you again.
1: Oh, thank you so much Anita. It's just been a total delight to have these conversations with you and I'm so looking forward to more and and just yes, just a big yes to second what you said to all the women listening to this. There is support and together we can change our cultural narrative of menopause to one that's about our wisdom and our power.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay, Carrie. Well,
0: thank you so much. I will see you guys inside the next episode. As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her. Until next time.